Christian Prayer. I am really excited for you guys. Um, not only this episode, but the next one after that. I'm just pumped for both of them. And uh, I just want to jump right in. I wanted to take the time in this episode to discuss another idea that we will frequently return to. Like that concept of bringing in the whole self into prayer and bringing all of who we are into prayer, the concept that I'm going over today will be something that we will regularly return to. If you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, as far as that concept that I was uh, talking about bringing the whole self into prayer, please listen to episode 002. Without further ado, let's get into the topic. So let's just start with the basics. Everyone has a relationship with someone, even if they are strangers to each other, okay? In any dialogue between two people, there is an implicit assumption about what is appropriate or reasonable for the exchange. In other words, no matter who you talk to, you have expectations of and limits to what you will do for each other. The same is true of our relationship with God. We have assumptions or beliefs about what is and what is not appropriate in our dialogues with God. There are many factors that determine what we believe is appropriate or okay in our dialogues with God. We will get into that more later. Prayer is a kind of dialogue between man and God and God to man. Whether we realize it or not, whenever we come to God in prayer, we already have an idea of how close or deep our relationship to him is. And therefore, we have ideas about what is and what is not appropriate in our prayers to God. I just want to go on a brief tangent right here. So, we'll get into this later in later episodes, but our personal theology, or what we believe about God, that's what theology means, it's the knowledge of God. Um, what we believe about God, our personal theology, or what the local church culture believes about God, has a strong effect on the way that we pray. Sometimes our personal theology or local church culture can foster, nurture, accommodate a passion and regular life for prayer, or it can discourage and limit one. As we learn to pray, it's possible that our theology may change, and this shouldn't be feared. Rather, we ought to embrace the change in our theology as healthy growth so long as it is paired with careful study of scripture, critical thinking, lots of prayer, and reaching out to other people who are more knowledgeable, people that we believe we can trust, people who have shown that they've done their due diligence and study. Anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about before, which is we have an idea already in our head of what is and what's not appropriate when we approach God in prayer. One of my favorite pastors um, and teachers is uh, Dr. Timothy Keller, and he's the founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan. and what we're getting into today, I was first inspired by um, by what I heard in his sermon titled Basis of Prayer, Our Father. He does a really excellent job of demonstrating what I'm talking about. He provides examples of exchanges and expected behaviors on the basis of the relationship between two people in a dialogue. He ultimately says that the same is true of the way humans interact with God in their dialogues with God, in prayer that is. He provides some examples to demonstrate his point, and after that, I'll also provide an example of my own. So he uses the example of one stranger asking another one for directions, or for the current time. He says that that is a reasonable or appropriate exchange. The basis of the interaction 
is common humanity. They belong to the human race. You know what it's like to be lost or to have forgotten your watch. So, asking a stranger for directions or for the time is not unreasonable, even though you are strangers. So, again, one stranger asking another for the time or for directions is okay, because you share that common basis of humanity. A small, shallow request like that one is being made on the basis of a weak, shallow relationship. So he gives also another, uh, the, uh, an actual example where he says, one stranger goes up to another and asks the other person for their briefcase. And he says, that's unreasonable and inappropriate. The basis of the interaction is common humanity, but the depth of what's being requested is deeper than the relationship itself. In other words, the relationship is too shallow and too distant for a request like that. I'll give you guys another example. Maybe that one is hard because he's using a lot of more difficult to understand verbiage. Um, so suppose that a stranger asks you for $10. Let's say that out of compassion, you decide to give that to them. As the amount that's being requested goes up, the appropriateness or reasonableness of the request decreases so long as you remain strangers to each other. So your strangers, they ask you for some money. And depending on your level of compassion for them or whatever, you decide to give or it's not to give. But there will come a point then if they kept raising up the amount that they're asking of you, you would eventually decline because, well, they're a stranger to you. You don't have a deep relationship with them. Your commitments to them and uh, to an extent your compassion isn't the same as uh, a good friend or a family member. But now, like, let's suppose that it's not a stranger asking you for money, but a child asking a parent. Because the relationship is much deeper and closer than the relationship between two strangers, the child has the right to approach the parent with greater requests and is more likely to receive what they ask for. The deeper and closer relationship between child and parent makes greater requests more appropriate. It's the depth and closeness of the relationship that determines what requests are appropriate and reasonable. So when it comes to our own prayers, there are basically two different ways that people tend to pray. And Tim Keller, in his in the same sermon that I mentioned before, he talks about it in terms of praying like a pagan and praying like a Christian. Um, and... I just want to explain that when he uses the term pagan, which he, he does explain in the video, um, the YouTube video that I'm referencing, if you go back and you listen to that, he'll give you a full understanding of what he's talking about. But he's using pagan to describe someone um, who is not a Christian. He's basically putting people into two camps, Christian and not Christian. Anyone who's not a Christian, regardless of how religious they are, they are a pagan. And for... Um, and he actually points out that pagans might actually be more religious people than most Christians that we know. Um, and he talks about like how it looks um, to be praying like a Christian versus like a pagan. But basically, in his sermon, Tim Keller's sermon about the Lord's Prayer, the basis of, of how we approach God in prayer, he says that there are basically these two ways that human beings typically tend to pray. This is the way that we approach things, and it's based on two different bases 
of relationship. He puts it into, into two groups. Family, which is like as a Christian, or as a pagan, or another term that he uses repeatedly as is business. So you're approaching as a family member, a Christian, or you're approaching it in a pagan-like, uh, business-like, contractual sort of agreement style. And uh, he kind of he shows you a little bit of what both of those look like. So to understand the difference between business and family, I'll just kind of uh, share a little bit of what he was saying uh, from his sermon. The first would be, you know that a person is approaching God on a business basis or like, like a pagan in the way that he talks about this. Um, it's all about, quote unquote, what I have for you. It's about performance. It's mechanical. It's basically, uh, like he says in the, in the video, an exchange of goods and services. It's conditional, temporary, has to do with doing. If you perform, you'll be accepted. Basically think of it in terms of like, it's, it's conditional, it's contractual. It's like when you hire someone to do a job, you, you allow them to keep working for you so long as they do what they're supposed to. And as long as you keep paying them, they will continue to work for you. So there's like a, if you do for me, I do for you. There's an understanding of, I have these duties that I need to do. You have duties that you need to do. And as long as we both do them, great, cool. And Tim Keller says, we can approach prayer in that same way. On the other hand, you can also pray as a Christian. And praying as a Christian, praying as someone who belongs to the family of God, it's about commitment. There, it's a, it's a more permanent kind of thing. It's unconditional. It has to do with you being. And the, the underscoring thrust, like the mood of being a, a person approaching God in, in prayer is they, they basically believe this idea that since I am accepted, I should perform. Whereas within the business model, it's in order to be accepted, you should perform. It might sound a little bit like hair splitting, but I promise you, it is so important to understand the way that you are approaching God in prayer. So again, on the one hand, if you're, I mean, uh, think of it in terms of when you belong to a family. When you belong to the family, your needs are taken care of. When you belong to a family, you can make requests of your family that you can't make of, of strangers or of your boss or of any of your coworkers. It's a different relationship. There's a different basis on which you approach them. So you understand what's, what's different between the two. And then on the business end, it's, you can be coming to God and approaching him in a way that says, I did my part. Now you do yours. And it's a big, big difference. And it, it really does matter. Tim Keller also offers a way for you to know if you're praying as a pagan or a Christian. And it's kind of a, a longer quote. So, uh, just bear with me as I read this. What happens when your prayers aren't answered? Quote, what happens when your prayers aren't answered? When your prayers aren't answered, you will find you will either be cold or anxious. You'll be cold because you say, I've been paying the rent and I deserve from you. Or you'll be anxious because you'll say, I have not been paying the rent and therefore I am probably guilty. End quote. 
you guys see what he's what he's pointing out here? He's only really talking about the the side of like the pagan. When you're praying as a pagan, whenever you come up against unanswered prayer, this is the way that you know that you're praying like a pagan. It's just, it's your response to unanswered prayer. He says you'll either become become cold or anxious. And he says, on the one hand, you'll be cold because, like some sort of business arrangement, you've done what you're expected to do, and now you're coming to God and you're unhappy and cold and, and distant because he's apparently not holding up his end of the deal. And then he says, or you'll be guilty because you know that you haven't been measuring up, you haven't been doing the things that you know you're supposed to do. And so, therefore, I'm probably not going to get the thing that I'm asking for anyway. So even if a person could push through that first uh, obstacle of wanting to pray, finding the time to pray, whatever that first op- obstacle or obstacles are, they then have to push past that whole idea of if they're praying like a pagan, well, I haven't been really doing my side of the bargain, so I really shouldn't even expect God to do the thing that I'm asking. I don't really have any good reason to think so. I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to do. So he says you'll either be angry or you'll be guilty if you've been praying like a pagan. And I will offer up um, what unanswered prayer as a family member looks like, as what it looks like to be praying as a Christian, what your response is when your prayers go unanswered. You will respond as a respectful child. You won't be demanding your own way. You'll still be trusting in God's personal love for you. And you'll still be believing in the goodwill of God towards you as God's child. Yet not my will be done, but yours. See that does? So like when a person believes and trusts in their family, their parents, they trust that even though the thing that they have requested is not being given them, they still believe and trust in the goodness of their parents. They don't expect to always understand all the reasons why they say yes or no, but regardless of whether they say yes or no, they still trust that the parent really does have their best interests in mind, that they know something that they don't, and they are respectful of whatever that decision is. And yet, they're still able to be very bold in coming to their parent and asking them for all kinds of different things. Everything from daily needs all the way down to needing uh, emotional support or needing uh, intervention for some problem. So that's how you can know. You'll either be angry or cold because you're praying like a pagan or when you encounter unanswered prayer, your response will be continuing to trust in God as your father. And that could be very, very difficult. So let's try to apply it to ourselves. If you had to take a guess as of right now, do you think you have a tendency to pray one way versus another? Do you have a tendency to pray as a pagan or as someone who is in a relationship with God that is all about, since I performed, God, you perform, or vice versa? Or is it more of a deep trust, love, respect, belief in the concern and care of the parent for the child, in this case between God and us? 
do you know which way you, you tend to pray? Do you know what your tendency is? Does it seem to be, depending on whatever it is that you're praying about, you tend to pray one way or another? Or is it pretty consistently one way or the other? The reason I'm bringing this whole thing up, guys, is because no matter how long you've been a Christian, and no matter how long you've been um, trying to be in prayer, it is really easy to slip into praying not like a Christian. It's really easy to pray as if you're in some sort of business arrangement, as a pagan, as, as Tim Keller would say. It is so easy to slip into it and not be aware of it, but regularly checking yourself, just going back on a, on a frequent basis and asking that question of, how am I approaching God right now in my prayer? Am I coming to him with expectations because of things I have or haven't done for meritorious things, like as if God owes me because I've done my job, like kind of like collecting a paycheck, or is it in a way that where you are trusting God and regardless of what the outcome is, whether it's granted or not granted, you go on trusting and asking that your unanswered prayer doesn't make you ask less. I mean, I mean, think about it this way. When you're a child, when your parent says no for something, you ask them for something, they say no. How many children do you know, honestly, turn away from their parents and go, well, I guess I'll stop asking them for things or things like that thing? Dude, no, <laughs> no. Kids are relentless. And in fact, that's how Jesus in other parts of, of scripture tells us how to pray relentlessly, unabashedly coming uh, in an importunate way, like demanding and like like very forceful and, and bold, but at the same time respectful. And we'll, we'll talk about that in very great detail in a later episode because that is one of my favorite topics of all time, importunate prayer. Um, but I want you guys to just, just spend some time this week and analyze the way that you pray. Are you coming away from your prayer sessions feeling angry, cold, distant, bitter, resentful, um, and feeling kind of, I don't know, just on edge? You might be praying in a way that's not a Christian-like way. I'm not saying that to uh, shame you or anything like that at all. It's just to point out, if that's how you're coming away from prayer feeling, you might have a basis for prayer that is not healthy, not good for you. And so you want to be aware of it so that way you can maybe change it. And, and if you find yourself praying like a pagan or like basically not like as a Christian, not as a family member, not as someone who's been adopted into God's family, then you can even confess that to God right there in the prayer and you can say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've been praying this way. I, I've been treating you like, like a, like a boss or like some hired hand or something to that effect, somewhere you're communicating to him, I'm sorry that this is the way I've been praying to you. Help me, lead me, guide me in praying a way that's honoring to you. And that also brings me closer to you, makes me want to pray more like a child and less like someone in a business agreement. You can do that. You can pray to him and ask him for that forgiveness, for that redirection of thought, for that influence over your will to pray in a new way. And like I said, this is a topic we are going to return to Many times, just like the whole idea of how to pray in a holistic way, bringing all of ourself, all the parts of us into prayer, 
and praying about all areas of our life. This, this same kind of thing is going to be popping up over and over. Hey, take a quick check. How have you been praying this week as a child or as a pagan? I have one last quote for you guys that I just want to share from, from Tim Keller's same sermon. Um, when he's talking about these two different bases or bases for prayer, um, because I feel like it's really helpful and it kind of just, it summarizes everything really, really succinctly. Quote, Jesus says that there are two different bases on which you can approach God. He says the pagans, now these are religious people because they are praying a lot. The pagans think they will be heard because of one thing. Don't be like them. Go as if God is your father. He's not talking about whether to ask. He's talking about how to ask. End quote. Do you guys see the difference? So you, you can pray like a pagan and you'll come away cold or angry. Or you can pray like a Christian and you can respond in continued trust and love and respect. And he, Jesus isn't making a limitation on what you're allowed to ask about. You're allowed to ask about anything. And because of the relationship that you have been given, you've been adopted, if you if you are a Christian, you've been adopted into God's family, you now have rights and privileges to approach God just as if he were your father, because he is now your father. You can make demands that if anybody else asked him about the things that you're asking him for, they would they would either be laughed away or just told to leave, <laughs> to go away. But because you're a child of God, because you belong to his family, you have a special audience with him that people who don't have a family relationship with him don't have. You have the right to ask. And so that's what Jesus is trying to say. That's what Tim Keller is, I think, uh, doing a really good job of pointing out. It's It's not about what you're allowed to ask. It's how you're asking. On what basis are you approaching God? As your father or as a business partner? As a contract, contracted worker? Well, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this this uh, podcast episode. And I am just so excited to get into the next topic for next week. And uh, before we get to that, I just want to say, if you guys have questions or Parts of what I said about what Tim Keller said were, um, I, I don't know, you, you were confused by them or they didn't make sense um, or you're just kind of even maybe a little bit offended because the term pagan tends to offend people. Um, you guys can find the link to the YouTube sermon that I found that I was referencing and you can listen to the whole thing and you'll get a better, clearer understanding of what Tim Keller was talking about when he was talking about what it means to be a pagan. You'll get more details, more than I could fit in this episode. Um, so I encourage you to actually listen to that because he also talks about the Lord's Prayer, obviously, given the title. And it is a great sermon. It's one that I return to very often because I just appreciate it so much. All right, guys. Well, next time we will dive into another topic, which is really, really fun. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want to hold some suspense. But I hope you guys will join me. And that this episode is helpful to you. Maybe for the first time, you'll start praying in a way where you understand yourself to be in the family of God. All right, guys, let me close out in prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this idea that you've uh, given to Tim Keller. 
Thank you for the way that it's impacted my life. And I hope that for everyone else that either hears the sermon or hears my paraphrased version of his sermon, part of his sermon, that people are blessed by it, that they're able to shift the way that they currently pray to you if it's not as a family member towards being a family member. Father, I just ask that you soften the hearts of everyone um, that listens to this, that pride is not a factor in when, when people look at their prayer life. I hope that they're able to honestly analyze their own prayer life. And if they are praying like a pagan, that they're able to confess it. And I hope that people will ask their father, you, to be able to change the way that they pray, to change the, the, the assumptions that they have about the relationship that they have with you. Father, thank you so much for everything that you've been doing in my life and the life of my friends and our church. Lord, I just ask that this entire podcast is beneficial to those that hear it and that this episode is able to produce good change that turns people from being someone that approaches you on a business basis and is able to instead approach you on a family basis. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Right on. You guys are still here, which means I think you guys like the things that you're hearing. If that's true, if you are enjoying this podcast, go ahead and like or subscribe, rate or review this podcast, and that would be incredible. Not only would that personally encourage me to keep going, it also makes it easier for other podcast listeners to find this podcast. So go ahead and do that. Help this podcast out. And I hope to hear from you guys soon. In the meantime, keep praying.